Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from a a very loud and raucous upper keys. Um, across the street from where I live, they're putting on the roof of another house. I mentioned in previous episodes I have. Currently, there are on this block of less than 12 houses, there are three houses being built. Yes. So you might hear a little, little banging. I apologize for that. But if you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender podcast, first of all, we talk about bartending tips, Keys lifestyle, and bar talk. You know, the things that you hear around the bar. And today... We'll be discussing the order of operation, not the mathematical one where you do, I think it's multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction, but the order of operation when you're ordering a drink. And we'll talk about the difficulty of the holiday schedule in our industry because we are rolling into that right now. One thing I wanted to talk to you about before, and I didn't put it in the topic, a lot of times you hear, and I've heard it before when I, I said, when you say hot, happy holidays to someone, it's not a denial that it's Christmas season. I celebrate Christmas, but it's a sign of respect because in the month, in these upcoming months, there's something like 14 different holidays from different traditions and cultures. So you don't know automatically when you say, I can wish someone a Christmas and happy, you know, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. But it's not a denial to Christmas. And if I know who they are, if a Catholic priest walks in, I would say Merry Christmas to them. Or whatever, you know, and Happy Hanukkah to uh, a rabbi and uh, whatever other holiday this comes up when someone walks in. But I don't make the assumption. That they celebrate, so don't so don't automatically take it as an insult. And uh, recently, I did mention there's a lot of construction going on. I would love to see the population changes in the Keys recently. And they are always doing traffic studies on the road or tracking traffic. And I don't know necessarily what it is for. Maybe it's for traffic signals and things like that. But I know every time they put a traffic signal, it does inhibit the flow of traffic. But it may make it safer too. So far be it for me to suggest that the Department of Transportation or whoever makes a decision knows more than I do. And uh, on to the order of operation. And whenever I hear the order of operation, when I'm for drink orders, I think of that song by Chumbawamba. He drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks a vodka drink, he drinks a lager drink, he drinks a cider drink. A cider drink. I always thought it meant a side of drink, which is pretty much to say. It sounds like, that sounds like a recipe for sticking your head in the toilet if you get, you'll, you'll be puking after something like that, drinking those mixture of things. But once again, who am I to judge? The, in a very, very busy environment, it's really difficult. And I'm telling you this from my experience. Some people may be memory experts where they can memorize any type of order of a list given to them. But for me, and for a lot of bartenders, 
I know out there, they like to have a kind of cohesive order. Now, I'm going to go over ordering as a customer and ordering as a server. And you may have your own system. If you're using a POS system, you're great. You can When you get your orders down and you see a bunch of Tito's drinks on there, you put those together and do whatever you have to do. But a lot of times I'm talking about the verbal orders. And it mainly concerns people that are ordering their drinks. And I think nowadays, if you are using a POS system and that's how you get your drink orders, besides, you know, obviously you don't get it from customers that way. In certain environments, you might. I don't know about every restaurant. But let's talk about the customers. Now, I hear the page turning too. I wrote this down. I'm going to give you, a um, for a customer, they'll order something like, I'll have a beer. And then you make the beer and you come back and then I'll have a martini. You come back and make the martini. A rum and coke, you come back and make the mar- uh, rum and coke. And then they'll give you, and they'll keep on wanting and timing you. What, what do you think is wrong with that? I'll tell you what's wrong. For a customer, when the bar is very busy, you're taking a valuable time having the bartender walk back and forth. If you could tell them the three, four drinks that you're ordering... That's great. Now, if you're giving a huge order, if you're taking like uh, 20 drinks, I can understand where you're breaking down at four or five, <coughs> four or five at a time. But if you can get your order for your group, if you're getting someone to order, that'd be nice if you could tell the bartender that. And if you could give them, you know, I'll have two Bud Lights, two Tito's and Tonics, and one Chardonnay. That is so easy. That is so much easier than going back and forth. And sometimes you'll notice that, why does the bartender always seem irritated when I come up and do it? Because they don't want you to one in time. One at a time then. That's an easy solution now. Now, from servers, I'm going to give you an order. A sample order. Of a Bud Light Draft, Pinot Grigio, Manhattan, Miller Light Draft, Cabernet, a 7 and 7, and a frozen margarita. Now, in that order, and the order it's in, do you see what's wrong with that? I'll tell you what's wrong. What they should have done is they should have grouped like drinks with each other. Okay? So, if you're going to make it easy for the bartender to remember, you think maybe I'll have a Bud Light Draft, Miller Light Draft, a Manhattan, a 7 and 7, a Pinot Grigio, and a frozen margarita. There you go. Because when the bartender goes to pour the drafts, he's going to pour, he would like to pour all the drafts at the same time. And he would also would like to pour, you know, the wine. You do the Cabernet and a Pinot Grigio, you get your wine glasses up. And, you, and it could be from... It doesn't really matter what order you give it into, red wine, white wine. Or it could be, if there's a lot of white wines and a couple red wines, you may want to do the white wines because you're pulling the white wine from a chiller, usually a cooler environment. And then you do the uh, the, cab, um, the cab by itself. And then frozen margarita, which a lot of times for me, I will go over at the end of the show on tips how I'd handle a large order. 
But in that crazy environment, if you think about it, that order itself, when someone's getting an order in a crowded bar, the bartender is rarely just receiving one signal or one order. They're getting an order from a server. They got people trying to get their attention. And if they have a POS system, they have orders popping up too. Well, I guess if there's a POS system, you won't be getting that verbal order from the server. But in my environment, if it's all verbal, you can memorize that order that the one server gave you. And then another one, while you're trying to remember those drinks, comes up and gives you another order. And it's not unheard of that I get three separate orders, verbal orders. And at the one time, it just wipes out the memory of the other ones. Try to remember things. If someone says cities like Denver, Baltimore, Washington, and then someone else comes up right after that and says to you, New York, Ottawa. Toronto, and right in between that, someone in what you're trying to remember, someone else goes Singapore, which is more of a city state, Tokyo, and Sydney. I defy most people to remember that, unless they have taken one of those memory classes, which I have to say to you, screw you. Because in a memory class, they're not throwing other things at you. You don't have other things going on. You don't have people bumping into you, the phone ringing, someone coming up for a to-go order, new people coming in and you have to greet them. For a memory class, you're doing one thing, memorizing. Now, if you're doing one in a service station, if you're just a service bartender, that is your main job, just to remember that service station. When a, a service station is a bartender that is dedicated to just taking care of server orders. But in many environments, a bartender is doing multiple things because in, at least in my place, we're doing, we have the communicate with the kitchen, which we have an open window at the end of the bar and that's our main uh, contact with the kitchen. We have the phones and we have a bar full of customers. And greeting people when they're walking through the door because we don't have a hostess. And I defy you to be able to remember those orders. So try to remember that. Group those wines, those draft beers, bottled beers, mixed drinks all together, frozen drinks all together. Okay? And with that, I'm going to take a little break right here so we can hear from our sponsor. Hold on a moment. Hi, let me tell you about our sponsors. Key Largo Chocolates, operated by the Peterson family, Rich and Brana. Key Largo Chocolates is a favorite destination for locals and vacationers here in the Upper Keys. You'll find an assortment of handcrafted treats, such as chocolates, truffles, fudge, cookies, the world-renowned Key Lime Pie, the frozen Key Lime Pie Bar, and also 36 flavors of small batch ice creams and sorbets. So if you're in the area, it's a great place to visit after dinner or before dinner. If you're going to skip it, you might as well eat some nice treats and or ice cream or whatever you like. They have locations here in Key Largo and also Isle Mirada. 
And their website, if you'd like to order any of their items, their delicious items, is www.keylargochocolates.com. And if you do stop by there, please tell them that the Keys bartender sent you. Thank you very much, and thank you, the Petersons, for sponsoring the show. Okay, we're back. Hey, and in reference to the last thing we talked about, the order of operation, there's sometimes when I'm talking to a customer and taking their order, I will have, I literally will have someone calling an order to me while I'm taking a food order from a customer. So that is a different level of memory. That is like, uh, I don't even know how to describe what type of memory that is. Didn't you hear me call Bud Light while I'm talking? I, I always wanted for revenge to walk up to someone and give them a random list of things while they're taking an order and go, shoehorn, sock, uh, dildo. That would probably distract them right there and just go, dildo. Now, what, do you try to remember anything? Nope. All you're going to remember is dildo. I'm back to it. That's what, but I don't think that that would make it super explicit, would it? The show, just because I said that. As I said earlier, when I talked about the show, that this is, obviously, everyone knows, it's amazing how fast, as I get older, that the holidays approach. The holiday season. And when we hear the holidays, we always think this time of year, right after Halloween, and it starts an onslaught of commercials. Now, in the Keys, the there is a traditional kind of a slow point right leading up to the holidays. We're, we're getting our snowbirds coming back. That's nice. We get to talk to them. And Greenham, I had one of my friends from upstate New York show up. Steve and Greg, the brothers, and Dan and Martha, and Ace, who's always down here. I do appreciate them, and some of them are avid listeners. Two of them don't know how or what a podcast is still after three years of me telling them what it is. They keep on going, how's your blog going? One of the guys, he has his real deep voice, Greg. But during the holidays, it's... A trying time, not only for the people that work as servers and bartenders, but also management. Think of it. Have some compassion, even for management, because the management has to do a schedule. And they have to tell people that they're going to be working on the holidays. But I'll tell you, some of the benefits of working on the holidays is higher traffic most days. And that's meaning if you're in a tip position, more money. And when do you need money? During the holiday seasons. Yes, I say season, but I just say season. And when it was about, I guess, nine years back, or eight years back, I worked seven Thanksgivings in a row. I don't know if we, yeah, and we worked on Christmas too. And I worked... Uh, since Christmas is a movable day, when I say movable, it's the 25th. Thanksgiving is stationary on a Thursday, and Thursday was my day working at the restaurant. That's no longer here. Uh, it, I would work like every other Christmas or more, I guess, more often than not. If at Christmas, I, there was, I worked four or five days there, so I had a better than a 
two and three chance that I'll be working on Christmas. And it kind of worked all right for me with Christmas because Christmas night, we were only open from five until 10 or four until 10. I, like I said, I'm getting a little older, but we would make mad cash because a lot of the local restaurants were closed down on those days, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was always amazed me too that people would be impatient on those days and express it to someone who was working. And I would look at them when they would be complaining about how busy it was, how few places are open. I said, first of all, I have nothing to do with the other places being closed. And you should actually probably be appreciative that we're open and the people that are working are working. And because it's crowded, you're aware of it. You just stated that not every place is open. We have a high influx of or increase in customers or traffic today. So why don't you take it easy on us? But really, on those days, so we'll have that Thanksgiving is very busy and Christmas is very busy. It's not necessarily very busy in between. There'll be some holiday parties that are fun. We have holiday parties too. I have a place to work and I also have another job. So I have to take off a day during that, which... I don't really mind. I am, when I take it, a lot of people don't realize that when they ask me, what are you doing Saturday night? They said, you know where I am Saturday night. I'm behind the the stick. That means behind the bar. But the busiest time for the keys is a day or two after Christmas and to the beginning of the second week of January to get all the kids off from school um, all the people on vacation down here, they're just, it's just very busy where we see a great influx in traffic. Every place is going balls to the wall. Except, except New Year's Eve. Hmm. Strange. On an amateur night, you know what we call amateur night, people that go out, we call that amateur night because there's a lot of people that don't frequent bars and restaurants go out on like St. Patrick's Day and New Year's Eve. But they have people have this idea, the people in the industry say, why is why don't we have a decent crowd on New Year's Eve? And we do. We could have a decent amount of people that come in for uh, dinner. But because that night there's a huge fireworks display on the bay. And like Super Bowl Sunday, a lot of people, it's not unheard of for people to throw their own New Year's Eve parties or some big venues that have New Year's Eve parties and for people to be away. So there are vacationers that could show up and things like that. My, I had a discussion with one of the owners at the place I work, and they wanted to stay open to midnight. And I told them from my experience, I worked at a fine dining establishment only a couple hundred yards away. And we attempted several times to attract a crowd on New Year's Eve. 
And it just wasn't going to be. It just wasn't going to be because around 10 o'clock, people start heading to places north of us, like the Caribbean Club or Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, which you rarely hear me mention because I normally don't try to promote the competition. And spending money, it kind of galls people to, uh, I'm trying to prevent heartache. Because when you spend money for a party, if you ever try to do that yourself, have a party, and you start investing your resources, and you don't get a response from people, it makes it worse. It, it just makes it, the holidays worse. There was a movie called, what was it, 200 Cigarettes. And it was, what was that movie? It was the, I think it was taking place in... 1979, 1980 was set in. And one of the characters was planning a party. And for the first two hours, there was only like two or three people there. And then they fast forward. You don't see any of the party in this movie. And it's just one of the different, it's a character study in this movie, so there's multiple characters. The next time they jump to this character... It's post-party. And you could tell by the remnants of the party that it was crazy. It was crazy. And I have my theories on why, if you go to bars and things like that, if someone has the option of going to a party at a house and not pay anything for drinks, or go out and pay a premium, a lot of times... They will go to a party and not pay for drinks. And if someone has the option of going to a group of people, out with a group of people, let's say Times Square or on the bay here in the Keys to watch fireworks, they're going to go on the bay or Times Square. They're going to go to instead of a bar. Now, if we were on the water, that would be a different thing. It's just one of those inscrutable Holidays where you think, wow, ideally, if we have a DJ, you think, wow, this is where the party is. And we're probably reasonable, reasonable, more reasonable for our drinks than a lot of other places uh, around, especially places on the water. So why not here? And then when you're proven wrong, which I could be proven wrong, I told him, I said, it's a possibility, but I think it's unlikely. And it's a way you do it, you know, but uh, it kind of what calls them is the investment. When you realize at one point you may have lost money, you know, trying to trying to make a profit, you may have lost money. And being a person that had several businesses where I invested in advertising, different marketing materials and things like that, when you don't get a return for something, it is galling. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up. This is going to be a little shorter show, but I'm going to tell you about my tips for speeding up a large order. And it'll work for people in restaurants or if you're working bartending one of those New Year's Eve parties yourself. So this is what you do. If you get an order of drinks, what you want to start out with is getting your glassware lined up, getting the ice in the drinks that have to be ice, getting ice in the glassware that needs to be chilled. I like to chill my martini glasses with ice 
and club soda. I know I use club soda in that. And make sure, obviously, I always say this, when you're using glassware, especially when you're pouring beer or anything that's supposed to have a little foam on top or a head, make sure it's clean. It's good hygiene and it also makes for a lovely presentation. So you line up your glassware. You do highballs, martini, wine glasses, frozen drinks. Uh, you have frozen drinks. You're going to have to have glasses for frozen drinks. Now, obviously, for people that don't bartend that often, when they make frozen drinks, they rarely are able to make... Uh, I can do... I can... 90% of the time, I make the frozen... If I'm making one frozen drink, I can eyeball how to make one frozen drink without making double of it. Now, if you're at a party, obviously, if you make two frozen margaritas, you can always say, hey, you want a frozen margarita because you're not charging for it. You're giving it away. It's someone gets an extra frozen margarita. Now, if you're using the same alcohol, let's say you're getting a couple, you get orders for a couple vodka drinks and you it's, it's smeared off. So you get your two Smirnoff tonics, your, your club soda. You do those cocktails first. And then you do your bottled beers. Yes, you put those up. They just have a longer shelf life, like you said. You don't, it's not affected if you have an extra three minutes waiting on them. And then you do all your wines, your red wines and your white wines. You do your red white wines last because your white wines are more chilled, so you don't want them to get room temperature. And then you pour your chilled drinks. When I say chilled drinks, drinks that are made in a shaker. All right? And then your frozen drinks. Finally, finally, there, there's draft beers. And I do draft beers last because you have a head on the top. Now, there's caveats involved in this whole thing. When you're shaking drinks and you're making cream drinks or any strong liquors like jalapeno margaritas where you have really strong odor in the shaker and things like that. You want to do those last. Chilled Sambuca, chilled Anazette, chilled Fireballs. You want to do this absolutely last and segregate your shakers because you're going to have to clean them. If you make a jalapeno margarita and then you try to make, uh, let's say, a Smirnoff vodka martini, that vodka martini is going to have a distinct taste of jalapeno in it. And no one wants any of that. And the cream drinks, obviously, they just cloud up your drinks. You don't want you want to make sure everything is clean and pristine. So I always try to do that last, and then keep them separate. The nice thing about vodka drinks like vodka and club soda, vodka and tonic, and uh, well, actually, you don't really have to worry. You're not shaking those. But if there's anything, you you have to chill, like a martini. And uh, gin or any, they're kind of neutral spirits. They have a taste, but not a strong taste. And it doesn't take you much effort to get that taste out of the shaker. So you could try to do those first too. Now, if you stick to these habits, and it's kind of tough, kind of like memorizing a whole bunch of drinks, you could save yourself time. Because you don't want to make a cream drink and then a couple martinis because you're going to have to... If you only have one shaker, you're going to have to clean out that shaker and your shaker glass. Make your martinis and make another cream drink. So if you have a bunch of cream drinks to make together, if I had to make a white Russian and then a Girl Scout cookie and then maybe a grasshopper, 
I would just kind of rinse out the cup a little. The taste it will not is negligible. It's actually virtually nothing, that, that except maybe the mint. But you can get that out. The cream, the cream part is already done. So your drinks, you don't have to worry about your drink being cloudy because there's milk in it already. Same thing for Bailey's and things like that. For clear spirits, it's easier to get that out as long as it's not like a sambuca or anything like that. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening today, and I'd like to thank our sponsors, Key Largo Chocolates. I will be back again with some other subjects and things like that. But just remember, when you're making your drinks, try to keep it in order. Or you're going to hear, hey, I got your drink order right here while you're pointing at your crotch. Now, you shouldn't do that. you got to remember it's the holidays. And you say, hey, listen, do me a favor. Try to group them a little more logically. I'll talk to you later. This is Jim the Keys bartender signing off. Let's get that music rocking right now. <laughs>